Just want to say, first off, um, I am so thankful to be back in church. Can we just give it up for that? It's felt like a long road. Uh, we've been through some moments where we've opened and then had a, a shut down again. And now we are back here. And I was thinking about it when um, the pastoral staff asked me to preach. And I was like, wow, they, they also asked me to preach when we first opened for about two weeks. And now our first weekend back, they also asked me to preach again. And the two things came to my mind. I said, man, they either think I'm really good at preaching or they thought no one would show up today and I would just be preaching to an empty crowd. But I'm hoping it's the first one, but so glad that you are joining us here in person. And for those watching online, we're also glad that you are here and a part of our church. And um, I just think a lot of things have happened over these past six months. But one of the things I think has been such a blessing to us as a church is we really had to step up our game. Um, we really had to learn how to be creative, how to still reach our people when we were able to gather in this church building. We've now created this live stream. We've done some really awesome worship events outside. And I just think that even though it's been a struggle, even though it's been just really weird, not meeting a person, and, and it could also have been really discouraging. I have to see that the, this church and God has done a lot of things through us that we really had to be stretched. We really had to look down and say, man, if we really care about this congregation, how are we going to meet them where they're at during this difficult time? And I think that God has blessed us with some great vision, with some great direction. And I am so glad that we are able to gather here collectively and just go through God's word together. So if you have a Bible, please open up to the book of Nehemiah and go to chapter two. And we'll be hitting verses 11 through 20. And we are in the second week of our new series called The Next Step. And um, Carlos opened up last weekend. And it was a great start because I can kind of, you know, go along with what he said. I'm someone that when I see something that maybe affects me emotionally or something that just really bothers me or makes me frustrated, I'm really good at like shutting it down or, or putting it aside and trying not to deal with it. And I think some of that has to do with um, the, not the church, but just the church environment that I grew up when I was young and I was pursuing Christ. And it was almost like when I would hear that phrase, you know, when you come to Jesus, you die to oneself. What went through my head is, okay, if I die to myself, my emotions must die. My thoughts and the things that I feel, I can't feel them because now they're dead and I'm alive in Christ. But as I gotten older and actually really started to pursue Jesus and not just do it because there was a cute girl in the youth ministry and I wanted to show up into a presser or because mom and dad wanted me to go and I wanted to earn some more Call of Duty minutes so I could just play Call of Duty. Uh, when I actually started pursuing Jesus, and finding out what the scripture meant and what it actually meant to die to him. And it didn't mean my emotions. It didn't mean what I felt. It didn't mean that the things that just made me frustrated and I wanted to act on behalf of God. It wasn't those things that died. It was what I wanted to do with my life. So as I've gotten older, I've learned to say, man, there are some emotions, some things in me that just, I look around and whether that's in my house, the church, my neighborhood, the world, there are things out there that really bug me. There, there are some things that make me sad, that make me angry, that make me frustrated. And God has given me those things, not to just put them aside and deal with them. He's given to me so I can feel those things and step out in faith. And what Carlos covered last weekend is that all of us have those same feelings. We have those same things that are inside of us that make us want to do something about that emotion, that feeling, that thing that just irks us. God has given us those things, not to push them aside, not to say, that's my old self feeling these things. I've died to Christ. No, Jesus has given you these things because you have died to him. So when you feel them, you step out and do something about it. You step out in love. You step up for those who can't stand up for themselves. 
And Carlos talked about us feeling those emotions and then bringing them to God. Saying, God, I'm feeling this emotion, I'm feeling this anger, this frustration, this sadness, because what I'm seeing in the world, what I'm seeing in my, in my marriage, what I'm seeing in my kids, whatever it is, man, God, I have this thing. What do you want me to do with it? God, how do you want me to step out? And we saw Nehemiah do the same thing, is that he saw Jerusalem and he said, man, these walls, they're not looking too good. They're falling. My people, they're literally vulnerable to attack, to be taken over. Man, that makes me really frustrated. I, I want to do something about it. But before I do, God, what do you want me to do? So Nehemiah brings it to God. And what we're picking up today is we see him take that step. And Carlos challenged us all at the end of last weekend to take that step. And today I'm really going to challenge you because I think when you understand that God has called you to do something and you step out, God's going to back it. God's going to bless it. And he's going to do some really amazing things through you. So look at verse 11. Once again, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. If you don't have it, it's up on the screens for you. Here's what it says. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward Jekyll, well, to, sorry, to the Jackal well and the Dung Gate examining the walls of Jerusalem, which have been broken down, and its gates, which have been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So it began the good work. But when Sambalat the uh, Horonite, Tobiah the uh, sorry, Ammonite official, and these words are insane, Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. So there we see kind of everything that Carlos talked about last weekend and what we're going to talk about today kind of come together. So here's our first point that I want you to write down or to put on your phone or to just think about as we go through this is take that step. Take that step. You should have something in your mind or in your heart or something God has put on your heart from last weekend if you heard that sermon. Carlos challenged all of us to feel our emotions, let them be real, pray about it, and then take that next step. So today, the thinking is over. The praying is over for now. The feeling emotion, you should have gone through that or are still going through it today. But today, what we are saying now is to take that step. What is that thing God has given you from last weekend to step out in faith and do? 
I know some of you as parents, it has been trying to do school through Zoom and you had to make a decision, right, this month is do I have my student maybe meet in person or on Zoom? And if we go back, do I go to a hybrid form or do I homeschool them now? Some of us has been jobs. Man, what does it look like going back to work in, in this COVID environment? It's a different and works maybe not as much as available as it was before. And my finances, they're struggling. Man, do I stop giving to church? Do I stop giving to other things that, that help our community? Some of them has been a student's. Man, going on Zoom, what, what do I, how, how do I do Zoom? Do, do I be a good student and actually listen to my teachers? Do I do my homework and test honestly and faithfully? What has God put on your heart to do last week that you're going to take that step of faith and do it now? Because this verse that we went over, these couple of verses, Nehemiah had something on his heart that God gave him. And he had already felt the emotions. And chapter one and two talks about him crying and weeping because he just breaks for his nation because it's just been destroyed and there's nothing left to protect him. He's dealt with that. He also took it to God and said, God, look, look at where our people are at. Man, God, what do you want me to do? He did those two things. But what do we see Nehemiah do after he'd done those two things? He's gonna go, well, that was cool. I, I felt it, I prayed. And now I'm gonna move on. No, we see him do what? Verse 11, I went to Jerusalem. We see him step out in faith. We see him actually put action behind the emotions and the prayer that he said to God. We don't just see him do that because that's super easy, right? We've all done that at some point where we said, God, you know, I know you're calling me to do something. So I'm going to do the Christian thing and I'm going to like feel it and I'm going to pray about it. And then I'm going to listen for like six years and see what you say, right? I know I've done that in my life. God has called me to do certain things in a certain time frame, And what have I, I've done? I've added to that time frame. I said, God, man, I know this thing is just bugging me. And I know you're asking me to step out in faith and I've been praying about it, but God, I'm gonna wait a couple of months later. I'm gonna wait a couple of years later. And, and then maybe God, if I feel good enough, if I see all the right signs, if a shooting star flies above me and I go, that's God, then I'm gonna step out in faith. Imagine if Nehemiah did that. Imagine if in chapter two, instead of it saying, I went, it said, I thought about going, but I didn't. This, this story would be boring, right? We'd be like, wow, why was that in the Bible? He didn't do anything. If Nehemiah didn't feel the emotion he felt for being frustrated about Jerusalem's status, if he didn't pray about it and heard from God and then went out and acted, we would not be reading about him today. The only reason we're reading about this guy that God used thousands of years ago is because he did those two things but more importantly is he stepped out in faith and actually did something about it. And see, all of us in this room, right? God has put things on our hearts. God has put things that hurt our heart, that break our heart, that get us frustrated, that get us angry. And we don't like to see those things. We don't like to hear about those things. God has done that so we can go out and step out in faith and actually do something about it. He doesn't want us to feel bad. He doesn't want us to say, man, that's so sad. Who's going to do it? He's given it to you so you can feel those things and then get up and go and tackle it and say, God, what do you want me to do about this frustration? God, what do you want me to do that person that just seems to not be in the right place? And I know you're calling me to go out and support them and to help them and stand up for them. God, what is it you want me to do? And there's a point that we have to actually take a step. Every single person in the Bible had flaws just like you and I, right? Messed up, broken people. 
And Nehemiah was a cupbearer. And then that sounds like, whoa, like, does he work for some company where like they sell cups? No, this is what he did. He would say, let me take that drink. And if it has poison, I'll die. And if not, king, you get to live. That's like the easiest job in the world. You get a cup and you go like this and you put it down and you wait maybe five to 15 minutes. And if you don't croak over and die, you hand it to the king. It doesn't take much education to do that, right? I don't think Nehemiah had to go to the you know, University of Jerusalem to learn how to drink a cup of liquid to make sure the king didn't die. Nehemiah wasn't this special, have it all together, super smart, has all these credentials to make him worthy to be a cupbearer. He just literally would drink liquid for the king and make sure that he didn't die. And God called someone like that to be a project manager for a whole nation. Now, I know a lot of us in this room are very educated. To, to be in your Belinda, you have to be able to make some sort of money to live here. Because I know, because I looked for a place to try to buy, and I was like, whoo, that's a joke. But most of you guys, and you're laughing because, you yeah, you know. A lot of you in here are educated. You've been to college. You have a lot of resources. God has blessed us with a lot of things here in your Belinda, Anaheim Hills, Orange, Anaheim, wherever you come from, right? And if God can use a cupbearer, that scripture doesn't show he has a whole ton of education. Imagine what God could do with all of us in this room with the things that he's put on our hearts, with the resources we have, with the knowledge we have from whatever degree that you studied in college, what you've learned from working for all the companies that you've learned and with people and for people and people for you. Imagine if the things that God put on our heart with where we're at educationally with our resources, imagine what we can do for those things that God has called you to step out and act upon. Because if a cupbearer could be promoted to project matter over a nation, imagine what God can do with you. Because here's why. And this is something that goes through every single book and through every single character that we see in the Bible. And that's this point here. Because God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Let me say that again. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Meaning no matter where you're at right now, no matter what you think of yourself or what others have told you about yourself, whether you think God can use you to do amazing things or not, God will qualify you to do those things. And you wanna know how I know? is because he put it on your heart. God puts things on your heart because he knows you can act upon it. God will not give you something that he doesn't want you to step out in faith to do. He gives you those things so you can say, man, there's a need there. There's, there's some sort of space that should be filled. That should be working differently. Someone needs to go and do something. I'm gonna give it to you because you're not qualified, but I am. And all he asks us to do is step out in faith and do it. He doesn't ask us to have all this, this work done in the background. He didn't ask Nehemiah, okay, before you become a project matter over my nation to build their wall, you have to go learn some things about engineering and about being an architect. You have to do these things. And then Nehemiah, once you do that, then we'll go. What does it say here? He felt the emotion, he prayed. And then what does it say in verse 11? It says, and I went. So what is God calling you to get up and do? What is he challenging you to do? And sometimes taking that step, it can be a little scary. I, I do understand that. I, I've had several moments, there are big moments that I've stepped out in faith and they were very scary. 
There was a lot of uncertainty. I, I didn't know if God was gonna come through or not. I, I didn't know if a door was gonna open up or not. And it's really scary in those moments. But sometimes I think what scares you and I a little bit more than things of that sort is the enemy. And something Nehemiah faced as well, he faced the enemy too. Yes, it was a physical enemy, but in today's nation, we will also feel that same thing. It's good in our country when you step out in faith to do things without putting a religious claim on it. But as soon as you say, I'm doing this because I'm a Christian, it gets scary. Why is that? It's because there's opposition that comes our way. There's people that will try to fight us. There's people that will try to bring us down, that will try to discourage us. And we're seeing some of that in our nation right now. We're seeing people trying to step out and fight for certain individuals who can't fight for themselves and they're facing opposition. We're seeing that same opposition coming up in November with voting and people from both sides yelling at each other, wanting to rip each other's throats. And it's scary when you're trying to step out in faith in between these two sides and say, this is what God calls me to do. It's very scary to step out in faith because we're going to face opposition. But here is a beautiful thing. Jesus has already won. He already sealed that victory in the cross. That yes, we're going to face opposition from this world. And yes, we're going to face resistance from the devil himself. But what does Nehemiah say? Look at verses 19 and 20. Start at verse 20. It says, I answer them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Let me say that again. The God of heaven will give us success. So this is before Nehemiah started to work on this wall. It's before he had to gather people to follow him as a leader and do what God put on his heart. This was all before all those things had to happen. And look how confident Nehemiah was. As soon as he faced opposition, as soon as there was some resistance coming, Nehemiah goes, that's cool, but I have God on my side and he will give us success. See, here's the thing. When we step out in faith, we think it's bad when we start to receive any sort of negative criticism about what we're doing. We think, oh, that must be God telling me not to do it because this person doesn't agree. Oh man, the devil's really attacking me in my household and, and what God has called me to do. Oh man, maybe God's telling me this is too scary and I can't do it. But there's a reason why that's happening. And here's why. The devil is most afraid of you when you're acting on what God has called you to do. That's why you face opposition. That's why there's resistance because you're stepping up to whatever God has put on your heart and acting upon it. And that's what we see with Nehemiah. He does the emotional part. He prays about it, but then he finally acts up. He steps up and says, I'm gonna do what God has called me to do. And immediately there's opposition. Immediately someone's trying to shut him down. I'm sure Satan's attacking him just as much as sometimes Satan attacks us when we do the things God has called us to do. But what is his response immediately? Our God will give us success. And the same thing is for all of you in this room. Is God has put that thing on your heart, not to just feel it, not to just pray about it for six years, but to actually step up and do it. 
to be faithful, to be strong, to be encouraged, because God wants to use you to do something. God has put that on your heart to act out in faith, to step up to what he wants you to do. Because if you're not going to do it, the chances are someone else won't. See, God is so faithful. God is so good. God is so kind. And the fact he chooses to use people like me and you just blows my mind. That God has seen your story. He's seen your past. He knows your history. But what did we sing today? Grace has rewrote my story. See, maybe some of us in this room are just afraid to step out because we know how much of a failure we are, maybe. Maybe we know ourselves a little bit too much. We go, man, if God only knew who I really was, if God only knew the way I struggle with this, the way I'm not capable of doing that, I don't think he would use me. That is so false. And that is a lie from the enemy that he wants you to believe. If you just study Jesus and his 12 disciples, you will immediately know that that's not true. Peter acted out in rage when Jesus was getting arrested, cuts off a guy's ear. And Jesus looks at him and he doesn't say, I rebuke you, get out of my squad. He doesn't say that. He goes, Peter, that's not what we're here to do. And he heals the man. All his disciples leave him as he's getting arrested, again, taken away to trial. They leave. What do we see Peter do again? Denies Jesus three separate times. And you would think, oh, Peter's story, it's done. Grace cannot rewrite his story. That's what we think, right? But what do we see when Jesus comes back and defeats death and has breakfast with them? He asks Peter three separate times, do you love me? Do you love me? And do you love me? And what he's doing there is saying, Peter, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter that you have an anger management issue. It doesn't matter that you're not this well-rounded, put-together guy that's going to go and build my church. It doesn't matter about that. It's about me, Jesus Christ, and what I can do through you. And if you're discouraged with maybe who you are, your past or your history, or what someone has told you for years and years and years, whether that's your mom or dad, your boss, maybe someone else or Satan himself, well, guess what? Jesus Christ does not believe any of that. All those lies, all those discouragement was put on the cross and nailed there over 2,000 years ago, and it's still there. It's not with you anymore. That stuff has been removed from you. So whatever you think is in the way of what God wants you to do, I'm here to tell you that it cannot stand in the way of what God wants you to do. God used a cupbearer who drinks liquid for the king to become the project manager over an entire nation. And if you continue to read this story, he succeeds. And the same is for all of you in this room and for those watching online. Whether it's a small step Maybe it's not go build a wall for your Belinda to protect us from Anaheim Hills because, you know, just kidding. We love everybody here. Maybe it's something big like that, right? Maybe it's just something small. It's just, hey, just try a little bit harder with your spouse. 
hey, help encourage your kid a little bit more because right now doing school on Zoom is just really weird and wacky. Hey, students, be better to your parents. Respect them. Be better to your teachers. Hey, pastors, care for your flock better. Be more creative so during this weird time we could still meet and gather. Whatever it is, God just wants you to take that little step. It may not be this big thing, but God's calling you to do this little thing. So what is that thing? What is that thing you already prayed about last week? What's the issue you cried about or mourned about or just let it just feel in your body? What was that thing? Because after today, I'm challenging you now to step in faith and actually go do something about it. It's no longer sit there and think, no longer sit there and imagine. It's now do that and go do something about it. Because imagine if Larry, right, he heard God over, you know, 15 years ago saying, hey, I want you to go build this property, buy it and build a church on it. What if Larry said, oh, that's, that's cool, God. That makes me really excited. There's an emotional thing. And he goes, hey, let me pray about it for 20 years and not act on it. We would not be here right now. But it's because God put something on Larry's heart to do something, and Larry stepped out in faith, that we're here to even gather and meet and talk and build relationships. And how many good things have come out of this church by just meeting somebody here, away from the Bible, just some of your best friends, some of your closest people are from this church. And how was that possible? Because God put something on a man's heart 15 years ago, and he felt it, he prayed about it, he probably even fasted over it, but then he actually did something about it. And look where we're at now. Look how many people we've impacted for the kingdom of God. In Juarez, in the Philippines, in NorCal, we've done some amazing things because someone stepped out in faith 15 years ago. So imagine if you st stepped out in faith for whatever God has put on your heart right now, how that can change someone's eternity. Tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. I don't know the exact timeline, but imagine if you just stepped out of faith to what God has called you to do. Imagine what he can do through you and through other people. So I'm gonna end with this. Step out in faith. Step out in faith. God has sealed your victory through the cross. And if you keep your eyes on that, if you've prayed up, you've done your emotional work, you've let it have its day, you've done all those things, you trust in God, now step up and take that step to whatever God has placed on your heart. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word, Lord. I thank you so much how it reminds us, God, that you constantly put things on our hearts that you want us to act on, Lord. And I ask today, Lord, that people in this room and people watching online, that we will actually step up, step out in faith and do the thing that you've called us to do. Because Father, some of us in this room have maybe been putting things off. Maybe God, we've been trying to pray too much. We've been trying to hear the right words. Talk to this pastor, talk to that pastor. Talk to the person at the grocery store, God. We're trying to look for all these signs, but God, we want to be done with that. 
We don't want to be known as a church that just feels things and prays about it, but doesn't act out in it. God, we want to be people who follow after you and step out of faith no matter what you've called us to do. So I ask God, you encourage the people who maybe have a little step of faith to do, that you encourage them. And God, those who have a big step to take and they know what it is and you know what it is, that you encourage that person. And that God, when we do face opposition, many people in our own family say, God, man, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Oh, that's a dumb idea. Maybe we hear our parents in the back of our head saying, you're no good. You can't do this. You always fail. Maybe that bully from school that was ages ago or still present in our life right now, that voice is too loud. God, maybe it's Satan's voice that's speaking so loud in our ear right now. I ask God that you will remind us of what you've done on the cross, that you've buried those lies, you put those lies to death and they no longer have an impact on us because grace has rewritten our story. So I ask God that you will move in this body. That you will be with them when they take that first step, God. And you will be there for the praise that when they succeed, oh Lord, when we may stumble, we ask that you be even nearer to us in those moments. So God, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for dying on the cross for us, Lord, so you can call us to such a work as this. And I ask that you will just speak through us, God. You will use us to whatever it is you've called us to do and that we will stop being afraid and we'll take that first step. God, we love you. We're so glad we're able to meet this morning. So glad for live stream, God. We ask that you would just continue to lead this church and lead us as a church body. We pray this in your name. Amen.